All right, well, we are deep, deep, deep into our series, Big Church, and not because we're a big church, but because the church is a big deal all around the world. And uh, those, you know, that are new to the crossing, every January we spend some time talking about, hey, who are we as a church and what is it that we're trying to accomplish together? Because those who have been a part of the crossing for a long time, um, we need reminded and, and it's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, because we can easily, you know, take it off of the rails. And, uh, and so it's a great reminder for those of you who are a part of the crossing for a long time, but those of you who would be new to the crossing to say, hey, we're not a church that's okay with just saying church is an hour on Sunday, church is a couple songs and a message. That's not church to us. And uh, that, it, you know, we want to be a part of a movement. But if we're going to be a part of a movement together, we kind of all need to be on the same page of where it is that we're moving to and what we're trying to accomplish together. And so it's great for, ins- you know, for those who are, are insiders, but it's great for those who are kind of on the outside looking in to say, hey, do I really want to be a part of that? And if I do, you know what? What is it that we're trying to accomplish together? And so today, I want to try and answer this question together. Is the church even necessary? Is it even necessary? Is, is what we do week in and week out, is it even necessary today? I mean, if, 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 if the Bible just went away, if, you know, the, the, the churches just closed their doors and no longer met together... If the message of the church just went silent, if there was no longer a church, would anyone even notice? Would, would there be any difference in, the, in our society? Would, it, you know, would, would, would we find anything different than what we do now? And see, the answer to that is an extraordinarily uh, huge, yes, it's necessary. But when we're in the middle of it, when you're in the middle of it, see, you, sometimes you don't even recognize the incredible impact that the church has had on our culture and our society. You see, our nation was founded on, on a Judeo-Christian value system. And, and it is the thing that actually makes all of our systems actually work. It is the thing that props up every single one of those systems. It's the only reason that it works. And it was founded on those principles. And we're in the middle of right now experiencing, and I would say not just the last generation, but maybe two generations have come along who, you know what, haven't been a part of the church, haven't been a part of that messaging. In fact, even some of the messaging they reject and they even think, the church could be the problem, so it just needs to go away, and if it actually did go away, things would be better. And so we're actually seeing in our nation the very fabric, the very, the very values that, that were the foundation and the fabric that hold our culture together are being kind of ripped apart out from underneath it, and it's causing all kinds of chaos, and the only other option is, hey, just do whatever you know what? You do you, and you do you. If you're watching on, you, you just do you. You know what? Whatever truth you have, you do your truth. I'll do my truth. Everyone just does their own truth. Everyone just do whatever's right in your own eyes, and we'll just do whatever is natural, and, and you know what? It, it, it'll, be, it'll be fine. You have your truth. I have my truth, and, uh, and, and you know what? We're just going to be kind of driven by what is natural, but Here's the thing, 
The church has been given the stewardship of the message of eternal life. But we haven't just been given the, the stewardship of the message of eternal life. I mean, the church isn't just, hey, saying a, a couple nice things at your funeral. We've been given the stewardship of the message of a better life. That there is a better life. There is a better way. And if, and if we will come underneath those principles and if we will come underneath and embrace the values, things will go better. That's why we say all the time, Jesus will make you better at life. And that's why when you get better at life, he will make your life better. But in our culture right now, there is a big shift towards, hey, you know what? We could just go with what's natural. We can just go with what's natural and it will be perfectly fine. And, and sometimes we, we don't even see it because we're in the middle, we're in the middle of it. And, and sometimes seeing an outside perspective Someone who's not a part of the, the United States, you know, someone who's on the outside looking in and their perspective, it's extraordinary. And so I want to read for you a quote that is in Philip Yancey's book, What Good is God? And uh, in his book, he, uh, he quotes David Aikman, who was this big shot, you know, editor. He was the editor-in-chief for Time Magazine for a long time. He interviewed all kinds of really powerful people all around the world. Um, he interviewed Mother Teresa. He interviewed Billy Graham. He interviewed all kinds of, of chiefs of state. And, uh, and someone that he interviewed was some social scientists in China. And the interview was about China looking at the United States. And so the quote is a little bit long, but I want to to be able to look at it. Aikman, he says, records a statement from a Chinese social scientist indoctrinated in Maoism, in other words, he's not a Christian, who had carefully studied the West. One of the things he said, this social scientist said, is we were asked to look into what accounted for the success, in fact, the preeminence of the West over the world. Why have we, you know, in the United States been so successful all around the world. What has made us so powerful? What has made us so wealthy? What has made us have so much influence around the world? Well, we studied everything we could from the historical, political, economic, and cultural perspective. In other words, we looked at it from every lens. We looked at it from every angle. We looked at it. What is it that makes the U.S. so different than every other nation in the world? At first, we thought it was because they had more powerful guns than we did. That makes sense, right? I mean, their guns are bigger than ours. That's why they're more powerful. I mean, it's like might makes right. If you're thinking, hey, we're just going to go with what's natural, you know what? The biggest and the baddest rule. And so that's maybe they have the biggest military. That's why they've been so successful. They're like, after a while, like, no, nah, that, that really wasn't it. And then we thought it was because you had the best political system. <laughs> <laughs> See, we're, we're a little too close to it, aren't we? We're like, seriously? You see, but from an outsider, see, maybe we should go live in China for a while. Maybe if we went and lived in China for a while, we would look at the U.S. and say, that's a pretty good political system. That's pretty good. See, someone from the outside looking in, it's like, you, you guys don't even understand what it is you have. See, it's, it's kind of getting kind of all bangled up and, and 
and combobulated because you're tearing away the values that actually hold it up, but, you know, it's not a bad system. Next, we focused on your economic system. We looked at capitalism. Maybe it's just, hey, if we just implement capitalism, that, 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 that'll do it. Maybe that's, the, maybe that's the thing. Maybe that's the ticket. But in the past 20 years, in other words, they studied it for a long time. Over the past 20 years, we realized that the heart of your culture is your religion, Christianity. That is why the West has been so powerful. In other words, after looking at it from every angle over the past 20 years, we have come to the conclusion that it's not just the systems, even though the systems are really, really good. Those systems are really good. But those systems without a value system underneath it to prop it up aren't going to make it. It has to have this value system. That's the thing. That's the secret sauce that makes it so great. Understand this. The Christian moral foundation, this, this undergirding of social and cultural life was what made possible the emergence of capitalism. Not just capitalism, but capitalism with a conscience. This system of capitalism, but not just the system, the system had, had, had something underneath it. It had a value system, a moral foundation that held it up. And then the successful transition to democratic politics. We don't have any doubt about this. Incredible. In other words, it's, it's, not just, it's not just capitalism. It's capitalism with a conscience. It's not just a democracy. It's democracy with a conscience. It's, it's I'm going to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. I'm going to fight corruption because that's a corrupt thing. And you know what? That would not honor God. That would not honor the value system that, that we have been, you know, this, this foundation that, that we operate by. So, you know what? I'm going to speak against that. I'm going to come against that. That's corrupt. I'm going to do the right thing behind your back. I'm going to do the right thing, you know, whether you see it or not. I will do what's right. It's incredible. Studies by Chinese sociologists reveal that in rural areas, so they're looking at their own culture, in rural areas where traveling evangelists introduced the Christian faith, traveling evangelists, we'd call them missionaries, in rural China, guess what happens? Opium addiction goes down, crime drops, and Christian families grow wealthier than their neighbors. I mean, these social scientists, they're looking at their own rural cultures and say, man, these missionaries come in and they introduce Christianity in this value system and all of a sudden they start doing better than their neighbors. Now, I, I, I'm going to go on a little tangent and I, I, will, I will come right back, okay, because I don't like a lot of tangents. Here's, I hear this in Christian world a lot and so I just wanted to address it. Um, sometimes we think, you know what, because the United States was, you know, was founded on Judeo-Christian values. That's why God has blessed us. And now that we are kind of going away from a Judeo-Christian value system, God's judgment is on us. That's what I hear. I, I, I reject that completely. And, and here's why, before, before you, you walk out. 
Um, here's the thing. Any culture, any culture that comes underneath, you know, and says, hey, comes underneath this value system, says we're going to operate by this value system, it comes with a natural blessing. Life goes better when you do it Jesus' way. And when a group of people do it Jesus' way, in fact, when a nation does it Jesus' way, it comes with a natural blessing. And when a nation, when a group of people, when an individual, when a group of people, when a nation says, you know what, we're not going to do it Jesus' way, it comes with natural consequences. It's not God up there saying, I'm going to send a tsunami on you because, you know, God's judgment's coming down on you. That's Old Testament thinking, okay? We are in the new covenant. We are in the new covenant. We are in the age of grace. Jesus came as a baby. We are in the age of grace. If we come underneath this value system, things will go better, and it will go better. It comes with its own natural blessing. But if we don't do it, it comes prepackaged with a penalty, it comes with its own judgment. It's not just God up there zapping stuff. That's, that's not who he is, okay? He, he, we are in the age of grace, but when Jesus comes back again, he will not come as a baby. He will come as the judge, okay? So I, I just, I, sometimes I'm like, uh, you know, it's just, do you know why in rural China where there's systems are terrible. Their human rights stuff is just un, unbelievable. Their, their systems are so not those values. Do you know why it starts going better for them? Not because they're better. And you know what? Why is it that, that, that things go better for us as Christians? Not because we're better. That's, we are, we, <laughs> we know that's not the case. The value system is better. Okay? So, here's the thing. We think in our nation right now, we're thinking, hey, we could go with what's natural. You know, let's just go with what's natural. We don't need this value system. You just do you. You do your truth. You do your truth. You're watching online. You just kind of do your truth, do your thing, and, and everyone, you know what, and it will go okay for us because, you know what, we're just kind of naturally good. And, and there's some bad apples, but we're just kind of all naturally Good, if we just go with nature, things will be all right. I don't know if you are old enough to remember Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom. Here's nature. That's nature. N nature is violent. Yeah, there's some beautiful things in nature, but when you start to get behind the scenes, of nature wants to kill you. There's a virus going around. I don't know if you've heard anything about it. That's nature. Na nature is tsunamis. Nature is hurricanes. Nature is tornadoes. Nature is, na nature, nature is, is, is violent. Nature is, you know what? Power, might makes right. The most powerful one, Gets to be top dog. And you know what? You want to be top dog, you do whatever it takes to be top dog. You don't, have to, you don't have to worry about anyone else. You just worry about yourself. You do what's best for you, and you don't worry about anyone else. You know what these lions are doing? They're doing, you know, that's nature. 
And it's so interesting because if you watch, you know, Mutual of Omaha Wild Kingdom and you watch Jim, he's down there, you know, wrestling the anaconda while, you know, I'm up here in the helicopter. I'm, I'm talking to the younger crowd in this. There's like, I, I have no context for that whatsoever. All right, if you're 40 and over, yes, here we go. So, <clears throat> anyway, um, <clears throat> but right underneath the lions is what? It's the hyenas. That is an ugly, ugly animal right there, and a bad-looking animal. I mean, if I was a lion, I think I'd run from that, but they don't, right? And the hyenas, they don't mess with the lions. Nobody messes with the lions. Why? Because the lions are top dog. They're, 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 they're the top ones, right? And they, they get to choose. They get to do whatever they want. And the hyenas, they're like, ooh. As soon as the lions are done, then it's the hyenas' turn. Because they're almost top dog, but they're not top dog, so they kind of have to wait. And then there's the jackals. And, and you watch, and, and, and they get really close, but you know what? They don't, they've got, they got to wait their turn. So there's the lions, there's the hyenas, there's the jackals, and they're, they're, they're kind of low dog, right? They just, you know. And here's, here's the thing. This is so amazing to me. In the history of animal kingdom, I have never heard the lion say, hey, you know what? <clears throat> Tomorrow is jackal day. Tomorrow? Tomorrow's jackal day. It, you know what? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pull out, you know what, whatever. We, we're going to pull out the whole buffet for the jackals tomorrow. Jackals, you go first tomorrow. Never heard it. Why? Because that never happens in nature. Nature is top dog, might makes right. And here's the thing. Human nature is no different. It's not. And if you think it is, the only reason you think it is is because you have been so inundated by a church that has, that has informed your conscience to say that's not right. See, you don't even realize it. You have no idea how influenced you have been by the message of the church that has informed your conscience to say that shouldn't be that way. That's not right. There shouldn't be top dog who, who just does whatever they want to do and then, and then there's someone down here and the top doesn't even care about the, the, the little guy. It shouldn't be that way. And the only reason you and I, we think that way is because we have been informed by Scripture in a church that has informed our conscience to say that's not right and that's the way, not the way it should be. See, if we didn't have that, if we didn't have the message of the church, if we didn't have the, 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 the Holy Spirit, if we didn't have the scriptures, if we didn't have that messaging, we would just go with human nature. And we know what human nature brings us to. You don't look like me, so I don't like you. Category, policy. It brings us to adultery. Cheating. Lying. The only reason some of you don't cheat on your taxes is you're afraid you're going to get caught. Isn't it? Slavery, sexual slavery, canceling. Ooh, that's a big one in our culture. Caste system. Eye for an eye. You did it to me. I'll do it to you. That's what you did to me. I'll do it to you. That's the way. 
That's nature. That's what comes natural. And you could add, it, you know, you could go on and on and on to this list. See, that, that's what comes natural to us. You see, in, in my life group yesterday morning, we, we started to have breakfast on Saturday mornings. It's glorious. I'm telling you what. Uh, so, you know, when you have guys, I have a bunch of guys in my life group that are phenomenal cooks. And uh, so they come in, it's like, woo, really, really awesome. Here's, so we were talking yesterday morning. Um, how would you like it? How would you like it if all of a sudden your name appeared up on the screen and every single one of your thoughts from this last week just started scrolling down. How would you like that? As your pastor, I would not want that. That would terrify me. You know why? Because you would probably hate me at the end of that. And you would say, he is not a very good person. And you know what? If your thoughts scrolled down that came right out of your heart, Maybe you said those things, and you, but you, you know, maybe you didn't act on those things. Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but they, they, you thought about them. And not just the things that you said, but the things you were thinking about doing and the things you were thinking about clicking on and the things you looked at. Want all that in front of her? Like, mm, no, maybe not. No, maybe not. That's where nature takes us. That's where... What comes natural? See, the Apostle Paul, he, he talks about this, and he, he says, hey, if you, if you want to just go with what's natural, I can tell you what, what's going to happen. If, and if you as a society, if you as a church and you as a society want to go that way, I can tell you what's going to happen. So in Galatians 5, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. If you have your Bible on your phone, you can turn to Galatians 5. We're going to be in verse 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. In other words, you and I have a choice. Every single day that we get up as Jesus followers, if you are a Jesus follower, you have embraced him as your Lord and Savior. You have been given a gift. The Holy Spirit has made his resonance inside of your life. And he is informing your conscience. That's why the way that you used to do things, and now it's like, mm, I used to just go and I used to just say this, but now it's all of a sudden like, mm, 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 mm. Now it's all of a sudden it's like, mm, shouldn't say it that way. Mm, maybe I shouldn't say that at all. Mm, maybe I shouldn't do that. I used to do that all the time. That's how I, I, I always used to react. But now, man, I don't do it that way. Why? Because you are starting to learn what it looks like to follow the Holy Spirit in your life. But you have a decision, and I have a decision to make. Which one will we go with? With what just comes natural? Or will we follow the Spirit of God in our life? He explains it a little bit further. He says, the sinful nature wants to do evil. which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. That's why if my name came up there and all of my thoughts that came out of my heart this last week started scrolling down there and yours did too, we'd be like, see, there's part of us like, oh, no, no, no. You know, naturally, naturally, I'm, I'm really pretty good. And all of a sudden, you know, everything that I was thinking about doing and, and it's like, 
Oh my gosh, what in the world? You're not nearly as good as you thought you were. Because our sinful nature, mm, it wants to do evil. Which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting one another. You have a battle going on inside of you? Paul says, that's what it is. You just need to know you're not the only one. That on a daily basis, you have this war going on inside of you. It's like, should I say that? Is that the right? I don't know if that's the right thing to do. I don't know if that's the right thing to say. I don't know if that's the right approach. I don't know if I should go and talk to that person. I don't know if I should. I don't know if I should. I'm wrestling with it. What is that wrestling? It is this battle that's going on inside of you. And then he says, hey, if, you, if you're interested in knowing what it's going to look like, if you're just going to go with what's natural, with your nature, see, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. In other words, it's not going to be a big surprise to you. When I, when I say these things, when, he, when I tell you the list, you're not going to be like, really? That surprises me. That surprises me of us. None of, none of you are going to be surprised. In fact, we could probably come up with the list on our own. Sexual immorality. Every single one of you knows something sexually that you would say, that's immoral. That's not right. That, that should not be. But that's where nature takes us. Impurity. Lustful pleasures. Your, your translation may say debauchery. Debauchery is a word we don't use anymore. Debauchery just basically means any place, any time with anyone. It's going to do whatever I want to do. It's my truth. I feel like doing it. It's right for me. I'll do it. Idolatry. Idolatry is putting stuff in front of people. I don't mind running over you, and I don't mind being rude to you as long as you don't you know, mess up my stamp collection, mess up my coin collection, or scratch my car. Just don't touch my stuff. I love you, but I don't love you as much as my stuff. So get out. Don't touch it. That's idolatry. Sorcery. Hostility. We have any of that in our nation right now? Any hostility? That's just what comes natural. Quarreling. I have not seen much quarreling on Facebook, have you? A little bit of quarreling. Jealousy, jealousy, see, here's where jealousy takes us. Some of you don't like other people just because of the way they look or because of what they have. You just don't like them. I mean, for us guys, it's kind of like, you know that guy that has that truck? I just don't like him. Do you know him? No. Do you know his name? I don't know his name. But whoever owns that truck, I just, I don't like him. What is that? What is that? I don't like that girl. Why? Because I, I, I'll never look like that, and so I just don't like her. Don't like her. Well, what is that? It's jealousy. 
Anyone who has something that's, you know, a little bit better than mine, maybe a skill set that's a little bit better than mine, or a material possession that's a little bit better than mine, or they look in a way that I wish I could look and I'm never going to look that way, there is something in all of us that wants to grab them and we will celebrate when we can pull them down. What is that? That's nature. It's what comes natural. Jealousy. Outbursts of anger. Selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. I love this. In the Greek, you know what this means? Excedra, excedra. That's, that's actually where we got the term, excedra, excedra. Um, and other sins like these, just on and on and on. That's where nature will take us. That's what will come natural if we want to go down that path. And then he gives us a list of saying, but there's a better way. There's a better way. And as Christians, we have never, ever thought, we have never, ever thought that all cultures were created the same, that all cultures were the same. We have always said, you know what, that there is a culture that is better than any other culture, not because we're better, but when you have a culture like this, (laughs) The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love. You know what? I got here before you, and I think I'm a little faster than you, and I think I, you know, my, I got, kind of got it going on a little bit better than you, but hey, you go first. Hey, not me first. You, I was first in line, but you know what? Why don't you take my place? You know what? Man, that, per, that person treated you so poorly in the checkout, are you okay? How are you doing? I, you know, I showed up and I show up. I don't have to help. It's not my job to help. And you walk in and you're like, how can I help? What? what? Love. Love. You go first. Your deal ahead of mine. Joy. Peace. Peace with God and the peace of God. Both. You have peace. This is one of the last things our culture has right now. Patience. Patience. Kindness. Goodness. I'm going to leverage all of the the power that God has entrusted to me, and I'm going to use it not for me. I'm going to use it for you. I'm going to figure out how to leverage everything that I have to make not just my life better, but how can I come alongside of you? How can I make you successful? How can I make your day, day better? Faithfulness. I'm going to do the right thing. Why are you going to do the right thing? Because it's the right thing to do. Why are you going to do the right thing? You, you could actually do something, and you know what? You wouldn't get caught, and you could actually, you know, no one would ever know. No, I'm not going to do that. Why not? Because I want to be faithful. Do the right thing. You know what? I said I was going to show up this time, and so I'm going to show up at that time. And when I show up at that time, you know what? If it's a job, not only am I going to show up at that time, but I'm going to do my best. Why are you going to do your best? Because that's the value system I have. And it requires that I do my best. Because I'm not working for me and I'm not working for a paycheck. I have this value system. I'm working for God and I want to honor him. And so I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to be trustworthy. 
I'm going to show up when I say I'm, I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. You can count on me. I'm faithful. When you think when my name comes up, you're going to think, this is the list you're going to come up with. Gentleness and self-control. And then Paul says, I think the most brilliant thing that has ever been said of all time. This is unbelievably powerful. There is no law against these things. And I know what you're thinking. I know what you guys are thinking down here. It's like, uh, Eric, I thought this was going to be big. Right? This is extraordinary. Do you know why we have to have laws? Because we want to do what's natural. If every single person, if every single one of you in this room, and every single one of you who are watching online, if you went with this last list, if you did this, if this characterized your life, if we as, a, as, a, as, as families and marriages and, and, and families and extended families and into our local governments, in our schools, in the places that we worked, in our state, and in our nation, if this characterized all of us, do you know how many laws we would have to have? None. No law. Do you think that would be a sweet place to live? Absolutely. It'd be a phenomenal place to live. Who is saying this? If the church doesn't matter, if the message of the church isn't saying this, who else in our culture is saying it? See, the church comes along and says, look, in, in some cultures, they you know, depending on how you look and depending on what your stature is and depending on how much money you have, you know what? There's all kinds of this caste system. And the Christians come along and say, no, everyone is a created equal. Everyone that you come eyeball to eyeball with is someone for whom Jesus died and they were made in the image of God and they all have value. Now, you might have more money than this person, but if you have more money than this person, you aren't better than this person. You should come alongside and say, how can I help? That's capitalism with a conscience. Yes, we have great systems. We have the best systems in the world. But without that value system, those systems cannot withstand it. They can't stand. The Christians come along and say, hey, you know what? Little boys and little girls, when they're not valued the same, and in that Chinese culture, when you say, hey, I want a little boy, but we had a little girl, and so I don't want a little girl, and I'm going to leave them in the dumpster, I'm going to leave them on the street, I'm going to leave them in, in, in other places, we just say, no, that isn't right. There's a better way. And who is it that's coming along and picking up those children and caring for them and adopting them? In many cases, it is the Christians. It is a culture that is better. It is the Christians that come along and say, you know what, it is not okay to have sex slavery. That is not okay. It is not just a body. It's not just a body. It is the Christians that come along and say, hey, a society that, that values marriage between a man and a woman, between a man and a woman, it is the foundation of the culture. It is the foundation of a culture and a healthy marriage a healthy marriage is the best opportunity to provide for, for children a stable environment, an environment where they can grow up and have stability emotionally, 
Stability financially, stability in their, in, in, in their physical world, stability in their, in their spiritual world. And when they are spiritually and healthy, emotionally adults, guess what they do? They adult really well. And I know a bunch of employers who would love it if they could have some adults who would adult really well. It's the Christians that come along and say, you know what? There's only two genders. God made them male and female. Male and female. God created them. It is the Christians who come along and say, into this society, abortion is not the solution. Abortion, is, it, it will not solve your problem. It will create a whole bunch of more problems. Anytime anything happens, that it, it's because you're not just a body. You have a soul, and anything that comes along and dings your soul, the church comes along and says, hey, there's a better way. The church comes along and say, no, it's not eye for an eye. You forgive. You forgive. If you want to deal with anger, anger will destroy you. But the message of the church informs your conscience of how to deal with anger and forgiveness and bitterness. If, if the church ceases to exist, who else is saying that? Who, who else is coming along and saying these values? I'm just telling you, if the church ceases to exist... Does the church matter? Oh, yeah. Maybe more so than ever. Here's the thing, guys. All of our problems, they stem from these three things. Sin, sorrow, and death. The solution to each one of those is found within the pages of Scripture. It does. So crossing, come on. <clears throat> and, and, and here's what I will, you know, as, as your pastor, I want to call you to this. And I'm, all of you who would say, you know what, I'm a Republican, that's my party, I'm going to call you out. And here's what I want you to do. You know what? When your party, first of all, I, want, I would like for you to put your allegiance to Jesus first. It's fine if you want to be a Republican, but is it Jesus first or is it Republican first and then Jesus is somewhere else? And here's what I would love for you to do. When they make decisions that reflect the value of Jesus, fine, you can say so. But when they don't, do you just look the other way? Just don't say anything? Kind of go along with it? Just kind of, eh, eh, that wasn't right, but I'm not going to say anything. I want you to call it out. My Democrat friends, you're watching, I'm going to call you out. You do the same thing. See, when, when, when they say something that reflects the value of Jesus, it's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But then when, you know, someone says something, someone does something, maybe as an individual, as a party, a politician, you just look the other way, and you don't say anything. 
You don't call it out. I think if both sides would begin to call out, you know what? We would find we have way more in common than we have apart. And we could actually have a conversation together. And we as the church should not be polarized. We should come under the headship of Jesus first. And when the party that we affiliate makes decisions that reflect those values, we say, cheer on, way to go, way to go, way to go. And when they don't, we call it out and say, that's not right. I am a Republican, I am a Democrat, but that's not right. We would go a long ways in healing and bringing back together that foundation that the only way this nation can stand is for that moral foundation to be underneath it. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, does the church matter more than we could ever think? More than we will ever understand? I think if we could live somewhere else for a while, maybe we, maybe we would have a, a, a context for it. Maybe we would understand it a little bit better. But since we're in the middle of it, we just think that's the way everybody is. And that's the way everybody should think. So God, I pray that for us individually, we would understand that it starts with us. Are we following the Spirit of God in our life? Or are we just kind of going with what's natural? So God, I pray that you would help each one of us to do some self-reflection and make the course corrections that we need to make. And then God, I pray that we would engage with the church to realize that what we do here is incredibly important in our society and in our culture. So God, I pray for the crossing. I pray for its influence. I pray for its influence, not just in Gothenburg, but in the surrounding communities. And God, would you allow us maybe to even expand beyond that? We pray. And we ask for your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Good morning. 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 <laughs> All right. Wow. You kind of brought it. Yeah, that one was... Um, it kind of came from a depth that, yeah, I, I'm burdened about, the, about our nation, for one. But. Um, you know, our, our nation is in turmoil. We're having it, and, and, um, and yet when we have, like, like you're talking about in, in Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, and it's kind of hard to know, do I, do I focus on what's going on, or do I... Um, how do I release that to the Spirit and let the Spirit then live through me and let me be this, be God in action to my neighbor? Yeah. I, I think it's hard because there's so many emotions that get in the way. Um, so I think when you push it all down, what do you have control over? Um, and what don't you? So you've got to release to God the things you do not have any control over. And the things that you do have control over... You know, we have opportunities to say something when we should say something. But um, sometimes uh, we, we allow the Spirit or we follow Him when we, it's like, okay, I'm going to say something. 
But then we don't follow the Spirit's lead on how we say it. And so I would just, you know, I think that's where we need to improve is what am I in control of? And, and overall, is God sovereign and will he take care of me? Yes, he will. And so I can rest in that and then go from there. All right, that's, um, that's great. Great um, there. Uh, another thing is, too, you, I mean, you're still talking about the church and then um, into the family. And again, I think that goes back to what you were talking about a while ago about the ripple effect mm-hmm. and how it uh, transfers just from here to, um, to your particular world and outward into your communities, yeah. and then in, into where. Um, do, what, do you have any other uh, burdens on your heart that yeah. you'd want to share? Well, I, I, I have said many, many times, our nation exactly where the church has led it to be. Um, and our nation uh, will be where the church leads it again. And so I just, um, to the degree that we can be a church that's on mission. It matters. It, it, it so, so matters that, uh, that you're involved with it and uh, you engage with it. And, uh, and so my prayer for you is, uh, is that you would, you would do your, your part of it. Um, and whether that's funding it, and whether that's engaging on a daily basis with the people that you're involved in, whether that's, hey, in your marriage, whether that's with your kids, whatever stage you might be in um, or whatever your, your journey and your walk has been, um, everyone can start wherever it is that you are at. And uh, that'd be my, my encouragement is, is engage, start, and be the church. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Eric, for bringing that. Um, now, I'm going to switch gears completely. Um, your shirt. Uh-huh. Dad jokes. Yeah. I think rad. you mean... Rad jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, we just got a few seconds here. You got yeah. you got a favorite you want to share with us? Well, um, so <clears throat> yeah, so a dad asked, or a boy asked his dad. Um, he's like, "Dad, could you tell me what a solar eclipse is?" And uh, his dad looked at him and says, "No, son." <laughs> You could talk the rest of the day on what? What is? I don't get it. No son. I, I do, but no son. At, at our house, this is my dad joke face. <laughs> so there you have it. So yeah, I get it, but we don't. We really, we really don't like to encourage it. So um, that's a rad joke. <laughs> yeah. All right. See you crossing. Hope see you to later. see you next week. <laughs>